In this digital first world, the old ways of recruiting are becoming obsolete. Or are they? The talent demands on every business has put TA squarely in the hot seat. Welcome to Talent Acquisition in the Trenches, a real dialogue podcast with talent acquisition pros closest to the front line. We want to talk to our peers who are actually doing the heavy lifting day in and day out. You're going to learn what their biggest challenges are and how they're being solved. I'm your host, Matt Reimer, and I'm here to talk about TA. I've been in TA for over 20 years, and what I know is that I don't know. I'm here to listen and learn just like you. No scripts, just real dialogue. Talent Acquisition in the Trenches is powered by NACR, the preeminent association for healthcare recruitment professionals focused on education, networking, and providing resources to enable our members to become strategic business partners in the ever-changing healthcare environment. My friends call me Reimer, so friends, let's create some new riffs with Reimer. Thanks for trenching in. We all have been taught how vital a high-performing employer brand and recruitment marketing strategy is for any organization. Employer brand is our reputation in the markets we serve. It articulates our value prop, what makes us different. As a friend of mine, David Zari, likes to say, we need to get right what's in it for them, why us, and why now. A strong employment brand will also translate to positive recruitment outcomes. Ideally, if everything works the way it should, we drive more high-quality, diverse lead flow and interest to the organizations we serve. We know this is a top priority for almost every TA team, and some of us have seen firsthand the impact that a strong employer brand and recruitment marketing strategy can have. But what does it take to create and execute a strategy that gets results? How do I know that I'm focusing on the right things and not just chasing shiny pennies? What levers in this economy should we be pulling right now to impact my organization? These are some of the questions I plan to tackle with today's guest, Sean Peterson. Sean has risen through the ranks at BJC Healthcare from a sourcing specialist to recently being asked to take on the interim director of talent strategies role. He leads BJC's recruitment marketing and employer branding, as well as their university relations, events, and their candidate experience team, and much, much more. Those that know Sean know him as a very data-driven leader, helping to drive a robust multi-channel recruitment strategy, reaching candidates at nearly every stage of their job search journey, from passive to active. Sean and BJC are also constantly innovating and trying new things. They were in as an early adopter of employee-generated videos and were able to show positive ROI at the early onset of, of that trend. I'm excited to learn more about that and all the great things Sean has going on. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the intro. It's, uh, I hope I don't uh, let you down here. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and you won't let me down based upon uh, you know, kind of our, uh, our back and forth. So, hey, let's just start at the top of the house here. So maybe um, let's talk a little bit about BJC Healthcare and uh, your team. Kind of what's the, what's the team set up like there? What's, um, what's BJC look like? And, and kind of maybe talk a little bit about who you serve in, in your communities. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, to give you like the 30,000 foot view of BJC Healthcare. So we are the largest employer in the state of Missouri. Um, we are comprised of 15 hospitals and then various community health locations across Greater St. Louis. And we also support some of Southern Illinois as well. But for the most part, our two flagship hospitals and then the rest of our larger hospitals are in the Greater St. Louis area. So we're 30,000 employees. And then my team specifically focuses on, well, one of my teams specifically focuses on the recruitment marketing strategies, content strategies, sourcing strategies of how to develop that top of funnel talent 
for everything from a physician to a nurse to a housekeeper to uh, anybody who keeps the lights on at the hospital. Um, so we, we try to cover a, uh, a pretty large uh, basis of, of, of talent. That's awesome. So just to kind of give the audience a sense, um, you know, how many, how many job openings uh, right now does the team have? Um, you know, how many, how many fills a year? Is it a big operation? Large operation. Yeah. So um, this year, as long as we meet our goals, we're looking at anywhere from a um, thousand to, I'm sorry, 11,000 to uh, 12,000 hires. Um, currently there's around 2,500 jobs posted um, and the adjusted opening is around 4,000. Um, so for, for a place our size, we have, we have quite a bit of openings too. Yeah. What's the team look like? Um, you know, so you've got you know, recruiters, sourcers, onboarding specialists, you know, talk a little bit about the team. Yeah. So from a, and the, the team recently changed its title, but the sourcing and content strategy team is uh, 14 people. Um, so we have a few uh, people who are more like your um, traditional marketing specialists who focus on graphic design and web design and the video content. Uh, and we have our sourcing advisors who specifically support our talent advisors on using more tactical strategies in day-to-day, -day, uh, whether it be job postings or how we leverage social media um, or some of the different employer branding tools like Indeed or Glassdoor um, or LinkedIn um, to drive that type of funnel. We have the university team specifically, which is focused on um, nursing for right now. The team's really only about eight months old. Um, and then the, the, the idea is to scale that into the other areas within uh, the system. Um, we have an events advisor who, let's see, last year did 274 different recruitment events, whether it be in-house or career fairs or national conferences. Um, and then uh, outside of that team, we also do have the candidate experience team, which focuses on anybody who, once we've got them hired, what does their onboarding experience look like? That team is three supervisors and then fully staffed, 21 candidate experience coordinators. Um, then we also have, which wasn't mentioned previously, the uh, contingent staffing force, which handles all of our agency recruitment as well. Um, and then we have one person currently building out our diversity, equity, inclusion, talent pipelining strategy as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. I, I don't even know where to start here with you. So let's uh, let's start with some video. How's that? And so uh, our, our uh, mutual friends over at uh, you know Shaker Recruitment Marketing had talked to me just a little bit about when they made this uh, introduction. Just um, you know your uh, team's innovation uh, around the use of video and kind of early adoption of that. And and I'm just kind of curious on, hey, how's that going for you right now? Uh, is it you know kind of uh, you know in the the strategies that you're deploying? Is it um, you know, top performer, how much time are you spending on it? And, and maybe mm -hmm. just unpack that a little bit for this audience. Yeah, for sure. So um, there's really two larger forays into video content over the last uh, two, two and a half years. Um, so one is we are currently on ISIMS um, and one of the tools that we actually implemented pre-ISIMS um, was ISIM Video Studio. And that was to just capture content and do um, daily highlights of our team members, uh, our staff, and then kind of the, the different benefits, um, jobs, day-to-day -day duties that we have to offer. And so I think uh, there's probably others who uh, are in, in our space uh, that would agree, but uh, job descriptions themselves, a lot of times have a lot of room for opportunity in terms of actually providing a really good job preview. And so 
where we first wanted to kind of take it is was if we can look at a registered nurse or patient access or uh, a housekeeper type position, um, you know, we've got the responsibilities and the job qualifications and, and the requirements, but that doesn't really speak to what does somebody in that job do day to day? Who do they work with? Um, what is it like to, to really, you know, be in that position and make an impact on the organization. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Ison Video Studio provides us a, a conduit and a really easy way for our team members to do these really quick 30 to 45 second highlights of who they are, um, what they offer, um, what they do, things they love about the organization um, or anything they wanna highlight. And then we uh, you know, originally attached those to our job descriptions and mm -hmm. so if you go into one of our registered nurse jobs, whether it be a specific specialty or not, you will see one of our current staff talking about what their day to day is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that really kind of started what video content looks like for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then so from there, we evolved it into team member spotlights that we're using on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, we used it as a way to capture content, uh, which um, was used recently to launch TikTok and Instagram. Wow. Um, and so, you know, with those audiences specifically, I mean, we're trying to target, I mean, a, a big audience there is the student nurse audience or anybody that's in the generation uh, that likes video and likes mm -hmm. quick snippets. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's really worked pretty well. That's good. Is it hard to get, um, you know, folks on camera? Like, are, are, do you have a, a, a challenge getting content that um, you all are comfortable with using, you know, kind of out articulating, you know, BJC's brand? So there's an authenticity that's going to work well for this, mm -hmm. right? And so I think we don't want to put too many processes or structures in place, but obviously um, we have a, a, a uh, culture to upkeep to. Mm -hmm. um, and so nothing goes out without a pretty strict and robust uh, process for auditing and uh, overview. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's see, we, we put out a system-wide call to action to anybody and create a quick sign-up sheet Mm -hmm. um, through a digital form to highlight people. And I think within a few hours, we had 400 people who said yes. Oh, wow. Do. Okay. Um, yeah. And so within the first um, probably two or three months, I think we initially had three to 400 videos to go through and uh, approve. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it a big uh, thing for your team to manage? You know, I mean, is it, you know, how much time do you spend on, you know, curation of, of content and management of these video assets? It's, it's, uh, it's not as much as you think actually. Um, so we've created a, a form that we send out in a lot of our internal communications to um, hiring leaders or staff to kind of say, who do you want to highlight? What's their email address? Who are you? Do you want it to be a social media spotlight or an ISIM video studio spotlight? And then in partnership with ISIMS and our contact there, we've developed a pretty um, streamlined, quote unquote, automated process to both capture the who, uh, the what, and then uh, actually curate the content. So we have three people on the team currently who are doing the um, video overview. Um, but ISIMS is been great at creating a structure so that we can quickly put on our logos, we can put in captions, um, we can put in job titles. And I mean, there's obviously coordination of it, but um, it's not one of the things that we have one person doing dedicated to that's their full-time job either. 
Mm-hmm. So not an advertisement for, for ISOMs by any stretch of the imagination, but the reality is it's hard to scale probably this type of thing without that type of technology in place. Correct. Yeah. I mean, if we were trying to uh, capture some FaceTimes and some uh, things like that, it'd be a lot uh, more challenging. But um, I mean, we definitely have, we've created a pretty good partnership with, uh, with our vendors to be able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you use that same, um, you know, content uh, curation strategy then, you know, as you kind of make the leap over into the, the social platforms, uh, you know, social or, you know, TikTok, et cetera, um, and, and, you know, pushing that uh, envelope? Yes, exactly. Um, and so we do have on the team uh, people who have video editing capabilities and uh, most of the team has kind of the full Adobe suite to be able to do that type of work. Mm-hmm. But what's great about these quick snippets, too, is that we can create montages um, of different people talking about uh, whatever the topic is. And so, like, for example, we did, you know, one for Nurses Week where we had our system CNO speak, do kind of an introduction. We had some B-roll footage. We had some other uh, nursing staff talk about their day-to-day, what they love about being a nurse, um, and created this really quick, nice um, minute and a half video that we put on on social that got all kinds of engagement and uh, really kind of showcased what we have to offer from a nursing perspective. Yeah. So, so when you step back and you kind of look at, you know, the work that the team has done that, you know, that, that you're helping to, you know, kind of lead and drive in this uh, area, video for you is, uh, is a pillar uh, in your strategy. Would you call it that? Correct. Yes. I mean, I think, uh, you know, with the way digital social has gone, mm-hmm. um, both from a consumer and an employment and recruiting perspective, like we've got to stay relevant and we got to stay uh, top of mind when working with uh, our potential candidate intake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is it a hard sell with your executives or, you know, is the, is the ROI pretty clear cut? You know, so like when you're when you sit down to talk about how different channels are performing, you know, for, uh, you know, your team, is, is it a pretty clear cut that this is a very productive channel for you? Uh, it is. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously there, you know, there was an investment, uh, to make when, uh, first implementing ISIM Video Studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but the applications of it are so, wide and broad that uh, the transition of the RA is nice because I mean, when you think about it, really, if we're doing anything from a social perspective, a lot of the things that we're doing there, I mean, obviously you do your, your paid and your, your sponsored ads, but a lot of it can be done for free. Yeah. Right. Um, and so if we actually look at, so, you know, a lot of these video initiatives started and, and really our, our, our more robust social strategy started um, at the end and beginning, um, I'm sorry, at the end of 2019, and the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so from 2020 to 2021, we saw a 150% increase in application f- traffic from social channels. Wow. And then from 2021 to 2022, actually an additional 150% increase as well. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, it, it's still within the top 10 sources of application traffic, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sure we'll get to it at some point, but there's not any one thing in terms of a source or a channel of a tactic, it's going to work from a recruitment strategy perspective. It's going to be a lot of different things working together um, succinctly to uh, drive application traffic. Yeah. What are, what are the main social channels that you pay attention to and that you ensure you have a, a good presence on? Uh, well, I mean, all of them, really. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Facebook and LinkedIn are going to be key. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a Twitter channel. Uh, TikTok and Instagram are pretty brand new, but seeing uh, positive results and then I mean, really, you know, Indeed and Glassdoor aren't essentially social media channels, but mm-hmm. we still try to treat our, our profile pages and our company pages and the content we're putting out in the same 
vein um, mm -hmm. as social media as well. Yeah. So let, let's say I'm listening to this uh, show and, and, you know, don't have video deployed. Um, I'm not using that, you know, necessarily as a channel. I promise we'll, we'll get off a of video here in a second. But, you know, uh, wh what are some of the first steps that, you know, you would recommend somebody going through to begin to build a business case, uh, maybe go and, and, you know, go to their leadership team and, and uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, do what you did, lead the way uh, in that, uh, you know, in that strategy? Well, I think that the first thing you got to think about, and I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek, is like, start with the why. I mean, mm -hmm. why are you wanting to implement video? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there are so many different tactics that are out there. I mean, video is obviously a newer one. And so you're going to have to be on the kind of the forefront and be uh, uh, unafraid to take a risk with video. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but think about how you're going to use it. What's what is your business case? Are you going to use it for social? Are you going to use it for your job descriptions? Are you going to use it for um, for culture? Um, and then think about how you're going to highlight people and, and, and create that content, too. Gotcha. So kind of stepping back a little bit and, and you know, we kind of leapt right to, you know, video as a, as a tactic that, that kind of sits under, you know, the, the pillars that you've got. Um, you know, I guess you're on the hook for employment brand, right? Uh, and, and, you know, that is, you know, kind of fundamentally your responsibility. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how you view employment branding um, and, and how it relates or doesn't relate, you know, kind of at the top of the hour here, how it relates or doesn't relate to your recruitment marketing efforts. And, you know, when, when you're out, you know, kind of with the evangelical message about employment branding inside of your organization, what, what types of things are you talking to your leadership team about? Sure. Um, so actually, we're going to stick with video for a second and we're going to talk about uh, that in the second foray um, that we dove into video is that we've actually developed a 30 second TV spot. It's high quality production. We use an external agency to do that. Um, that is being used on streaming TV. Uh, we featured actually during the, the during last year's Super Bowl. Um, we have a, a, a pretty robust media buying plan and, and partnerships with some local sports teams like St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Blues um, to showcase this commercial. And it talks about who we are what we have to offer, what our you know competitive advantages are over um, our competitors or other healthcare systems in the region, um, and we're using that really everywhere. I mean, that's being used on social, um, and then we talk about Indeed and Glassdoor. Um, so, not to, to to pitch our vendors, but uh, Indeed and Glassdoor recently did implement, um, and Indeed specifically, video brand ads. And so we, at the time when we started, were um, one of three companies in the nation who were using Indeed's video brand ads and were using this TV spot as that brand ad. And I think saw um, our impressions over a three month period for Indeed brand ads jump from 100K to over 800K. Wow, wow, substantial. Mm-hmm. And so, what we have thought from from that perspective is with the way that you know the market is and, and how competitive it is especially in healthcare is we've got to treat candidates in the same way as we treat consumers right so from a data perspective and this is one of the things we always kind of kind of start with on the why is from a touch point perspective 
before a candidate decides to apply for a healthcare position, they need 18 to 21 touch points. Mm -hmm. And so from a consumer perspective, you need seven to eight touch points with a brand before you decide to, to buy their product, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need almost double or triple the amount of touch points with a candidate and exposure to them before they decide to apply with us. And so taking the same tactics that consumer marketers are taking, we're using from an employer perspective. And mm -hmm. so video is one of them, brand ads are one of them. Um, and then we even recently employed things like geofencing or retargeting or Google AdWords using all the same kind of um, employer tactics in, in cultural and, and selling and touch points um, to kind of tell this really succinct story about what BJC is, what we have to offer, um, and what makes us an employer of choice um, compared to, to who we're competing against. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're in essence swarming the market. You know, I mean, you, you have, uh, you know, the BJC and not just B, the BJC healthcare consumer message. You have very specific employment related messaging in market, just to be clear. Exactly. And you're not just tagging into the consumer and riding along with the consumer. This is a, you know, employment led. These are all employment led messaging that you have out in market. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But in the yeah. same way that uh, a consumer is getting information. Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, because I think we all know, I mean, recruitment comes down to, to timing a lot of times. Right. Mm -hmm. When can you catch somebody in a bad day or when are they starting to think about changing careers? And it's mm -hmm. really all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be that consistent message out there. So when they do have that bad day or they are ready to pull the trigger, BJC is top of mind. Yeah, I gotcha. So this all seems very obvious, right? Um, you know, as it relates to a strategy and I'm, and I'm just, why yeah. don't, why is it such a challenge from your perspective to get these types of initiatives, you know, off the ground inside of organizations? Like what, what's, what's different about BJC healthcare and, and just your, you know, organization's point of view as it relates to, to marketing and funding these types of, uh, of initiatives. You know, I, I would say that, you know, you're probably, um, you know, doing things that, you know, the rest of us kind of look at and say, hmm, I would love to be able to do that, but, you know, budget, but, you know, resources. I mean, you rattled off, you know, the size of your team here uh, at the top of the hour. You know, can, can you just talk a little bit about that disposition that your organization has that, that maybe we all can learn from and listen from here? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's, it's anything more than just getting it done, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we uh, I think I, I've been fortunate in having leaders who have thought very progressively and have, mm -hmm. have supported this type of work and this type of type of innovation. Mm -hmm. um, but then it, it's again, you know, going back to the why it's like starting with what data can we lean on to tell us why we need to think differently. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with the same results. And so if you're getting the same results, doing the same things, what else can you look at or do or think differently on to adjust the outcome? Um, because at the end of the day, to, to your point, this is all relatively simple things that we're doing, but it, it's it's just it's it's a matter of just having the right mental capacity to keep it all organized. Yeah, 
ideas are easy, right? Execution is is in the end <laughs> fundamentally what matters, and it sounds right. like you know you and and your team are executing. So so let's talk a little bit about data then. You know, I've, I've had a couple of folks tell me that you know you're you're data oriented and and you, you focus there. So you know, I guess when, when we think about things like brand impressions or we we think about things like um you know good um you know a, a good post out on you know linkedin or or tiktok etc you know do can you create language that translates that to an actual hire like does your you know do you, do you have the ability to kind of pull that source attribution the whole way through or are you telling a different story as it relates to the success of the top of, of the funnel uh you know from a data perspective yeah, no, it really all comes down to source data, right? Um, so on a weekly to monthly basis, I'm looking at what is our application traffic and what are the top sources for that application traffic? And then looking at where we are seeing ROI and then adjusting accordingly. I mean, I think that the main thing to keep in mind too is, I mean, everything, especially in healthcare, has to be done immediately, right? But from an advertising and uh, marketing perspective, these things take time. It, it takes time to develop a strategy and then see the results of that strategy over a monthly basis, right? Um, and so it, it's going to take a few months to see an increase in traffic from a specific source because you have to build out the content and let that content get out to market to, to um, determine decisions. Um, and so, I mean, I, I guess a, a good timeline in terms of when to think to start adjusting is after 90 days start something with 90 days check the results and then adjust accordingly and give it another 90 days mm -hmm. so you have i mean you're obviously using things like google analytics but is there like a master dashboard that sean's looking at you know to see how all of his you know all of his uh you know various channels are performing like just the, like what is that experience like for you Sure. There's not a necessarily a master dashboard. I mean, what I can tell you is that uh, luckily, so our career site is also on ISIMS and then we're actually redeveloping it currently to have the whole career site on ISIMS. Um, but there, there's a tracking mechanism in the back end of the dashboard that says, here's how many traffic, uh, application traffic you're getting here, what the source is, uh, we're adjusting accordingly. But then from, you know, from a, a tactical standpoint, each of the different teams that um, I help support, whether it be the social team or the digital team, the events team has their own quote unquote dashboard that they're tracking. And then, um, you know, on a pretty frequent basis, we're pulling it all together to um, see what's working, see how things are connected or not connected, and then uh, making sure that we're making the right decisions to, to adjust. One of the things that I've always felt um, it has been a, a distinct challenge is um, finding, you know, your different uh, in healthcare, right? Um, and you know what, you know, competitor to competitor, um, you know, uh, within a region, you know, are, are there things that that you do differently to draw out the stories of you know BJC healthcare or? Is it delineated in the type of care or the philosophy of care that the organization itself has uh, in the region? I'm, I'm just kind of curious on, you know, how you're actually creating delineation from your competitors and, and, a, and what, to your point, is dead on is a very um, busy and, and very noisy market. Yeah, I mean, uh, I keep going back to starting with the why, but I, I, I do think you have to start with what is it that makes your organization so great, 
Yep. Right. How are we going to tell the story of what BJC does? And I think a lot of people want to push out what they do without taking a step back and thinking about what are we doing different than competitors or what do we have to offer that is so great? And maybe it's not, not even what are we doing different competitors, but just what, what are we doing that's great? Right. Because at, at the end of the day, there are some things, especially in healthcare, that we're probably not doing all that much differently than our competitors. Right. But if we're going to tell that story differently, I mean, with, with healthcare, it's just down to the mission. Right. I mean, there's a reason people get into healthcare uh, because they want to make a difference, because they want to help people. And there's so many stories that we have, especially with an organization of our size of different small patient interactions or stories or miracles or, or things that are happening that, you know, I mean, can tug on the heartstrings, but also make people want to work in healthcare too. Um, and it's, it's figuring out how to tell those stories in an effective manner that also speaks to what our mission, vision, values are as a company. Yeah, I got you. So you emotionally get me, um, and I'm, yeah. you know, you got me right now, right? Emotionally, and you, you got me um, engaged in in the idea of, you know, applying and and coming through the process. So however that is, whether that's through the sourcing function or through the actual apply process, you run something there that that is called the candidate experience team. Can you talk to me a little bit about just how you view candidate experience and and really what that team does? Um, day in and day out to deliver against the promises that your your marketing team and your brand are making out in the market. Yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, I think changing careers is, uh, it's a life-changing decision, right? No matter what it is. And the hiring process is daunting. The application process is daunting. And so, I mean, essentially what we're thinking about is there has to be a team that makes all of the more difficult logistical things that happen when you're getting hired or, or onboarded really, really simple, right? So it just comes down to using technology, using organization um, to make sure that people are going to the occupational health points in time, having the right place uh, to go to have those, um, doing the background checks, um, doing all of those really somewhat mundane things um, that are required to, to, to move into an organization and make it really, really simple and streamlined. Um, and that's what that focus of the team is. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that is, is, is automation and, and auditing and automated auditing and, and, and more automation, more yeah. automation. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. uh, and in leveraging technology as, as, as much as possible to, to make some of that automation and auditing happen. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, to get your take on, you know, the, and I'm going to put some air quotes up here, AI, right. And, and, and I'd love to get your kind of insights, um, you know, uh, on, you know, what are the practical places where you could see AI by, you know, whatever defi definition of AI that you want to use, whether that's just, you know, base, you know, program, you know, sequences or something more robust? And, you know, do you have on your roadmap the, the use of, you know, AI, AI assistance to kind of help with that experience? Yeah. So there's two things we're thinking about from an AI perspective. Um, one is having some kind of, I want to call it something more robust because if I call it what I'm going to call it, it's going to sound somewhat mundane, but some kind of chatbot, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, something in our career site that does give candidates easy access to information and 
knows how to answer the questions that are frequently asked in a way that is engaging and is going to keep people on the career site and digging in for more information. So I think that's one of them. And that's, that is something that we are definitely thinking about with um, a, a redesign of a career site. The other piece of it, um, and I think specifically around more of probably the higher volume areas of where it's not necessarily candidate traffic that it's a challenge, but actually getting through all the candidates effectively and prioritizing who you get to, but some kind of matching formula to say this person is a quote unquote great fit for this position, um, or this person is a great fit for this other position and they should be prioritized there. Yeah, yeah. We get the same thing at, at Trinity Health and it's actually one of the things that we're, you know, spending some time, you know, with, um, you know, as we speak kind of in that same vein, which is, you know, hey, you get, you know, whatever, hundreds of thousands of applications a year. And I'm sure you're in no different uh, of a spot based upon your, your volume. You only hire a third of them or you hire, you know, not even that, maybe 20% of them. Well, what happens to the, to the rest, right? And, and whether that's for high volume or for even, you know, niche related, you know, uh, um, you know, positions, you know, there, there maybe is only so much that a, a sourcing function can deliver and, and maybe it needs some support in, you know, kind of the recycling of or the engagement in, you know, some of those resources that you've worked hard and you've already spent money to put in your database. So it's a, it's a big challenge. Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, but I, I mean, I think the end of the day too is, you know, you want to leverage technology to help make your team better, right? But I think at the end of the day too, being in talent acquisition, you have to make sure you hire the right people to make the right decisions to be able to hire the people that are bringing the organization, right? So I look at AI and AI is something to supplement the great work the team is already doing. 100%. Not something that would replace any of the functions the team is doing. And I think yeah. that's the other thing to think about too. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And, and uh, you know, in, in healthcare specifically, right? Um, you know, regardless of, you know, the, the, the size of your team, you know, the, there is a need for capacity lifts inside of most healthcare. I mean, Hey, the reality is, is we're, we're a, um, you know, small margin, thin margin business. And regardless of how your function is funded, we have a fundamental responsibility to be very conservative with what we do with our administrative overhead and expense. And if you can find technology, and, and this is the big if to me, and this is what I'm trying to figure out for myself right now. If I can find technology that um, is part of the recruiters and the sourcers workflows, not another yet another um, kind of isolated piece of something that I've got to do that does what you articulate. I, I think we're on to something. I think the unfortunate challenge that we've got our, ourselves in here with the CRM and with the ATS and with a lot of the other tools, point solutions that we use is we're actually kind of um, creating inefficiency and a lot of it with our recruiters, um, you know, day in and day out. And so I think that, you know, one of the things that just to me is a fundamental focus for all of us is ensuring that we're putting that recruiter persona at the center of what we do day in and day out and ensuring that whether we strap on some new AI and assistant or whatever, that we're taking a look at that, that, that experience from their lens, because I, I don't know that we do that enough in my opinion. So agreed. I think you might've uncovered just a optimization there that is not necessarily related to 
employer branding or recruit marketing is that just your tech stack. Look at your tech stack at the end of the day and figure out, are you using everything? If you're not, what can you cut? What mm -hmm. can you reallocate? And is everything that you're using fully optimized to be used the way it is? I mean, I think especially in recruiting, um, you, you, <laughs> you get so many ideas from, from leadership where you get so many vendors that are sent your way or, or practices or this or that. And then the, you know, the expectation is to implement that or react mm -hmm. as quickly as possible because everything, everybody needs everything just now or yesterday. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just take a step back and are we using everything that we have available to us effectively mm -hmm. before adding on anything else? Yeah, that's, that's uh, sage advice. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's that shiny penny, um, you know, syndrome. Yeah. And there is a lot of it, um, especially when, you know, you're in a hot kitchen, meaning that like, hey, I need solutions. You know, I'm, I'm sure that even with all the investments that you have, I'm sure there's still uh, areas of your organization that are saying like, I need this nurse, I need this pharmacist, and I don't have solutions on the table. I'm willing to try just about anything. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's fine. Do it with intent, I, I think is what I'm, I'm hearing you say. So, yes. Join hundreds of your healthcare TA peers and enjoy the benefits of a NACR membership today. Free educational webinars, access to our listserv, and discounts to your CHCR certification. All of this and much, much more for as low as $80 per person annually. Learn more at NACR.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. All right, man, we're at uh, 37 minutes here, and I knew that this was going to go fast between you and I, and, and so um, let's, uh, let's work for a, a few more questions in, and um, you know, let's, uh, let's see if we can kind of land this here uh, today, and maybe this is just uh, episode number one for you and me. So what, what um, you know, you, you're, you're recently um, asked to step in as an, you know, the interim um, you know, director of TA Strategies, and c congratulations mm -hmm. uh, you know, you. on that, by the way. Is, is there anything else? You know, we've talked a lot about brand and, and marketing uh, and video. Is there anything else kind of within your current purview that you're like, hey, Matt, like this is a big strategy for us. This is this is really a focus of ours. And, um, you know, it, it fits well within, you know, this conversation here today. Yeah. I mean, it actually really kind of goes back to what we we're just talking about. Right. Is I think. I've been fortunate enough to be able to, in the last year and a half, try a lot of really cool new initiatives that have been relatively successful. And so really 2021 was spent building out newer initiatives and then making sure they're all tied together. Where now 2022 is being spent on, all right, we've seen the results, we've seen increases, we can't really do much more new how do we take what we have and make sure it is all in lockstep and interconnected? And where can we connect the dots that don't seem connectable to make everything even better? Um, so 2022 is really more of a, an optimization year. And that's what we'll, we'll think about for 2023 as well. Um, and so then, you know, with that too, it's like there's so many organizations internally and teams that have stories to tell and have work that we should be talking about more externally to, to, to bring people to the organization. Um, and so it's figuring out now that we've kind of built this foundational structure mm -hmm. of recruit marketing, how do we tell their stories too? Yeah. 
Now, is, is all of your effort and energy in-house or do you, you know, have a mixture of in-house and partners that kind of in the ecosystem to deliver, you know, what we've talked a lot about here today? Yeah, definitely a bit of both. Um, I mean, I think we are we are moving, you know, within the last year and a half to try to do everything from an in-house perspective as much as possible, right? So bringing the right people with the right skill sets um, to really save costs and then, uh, again, just make us more robust in terms of capabilities and what we offer. But with that being said, it is really nice to have external partners um, to, to lean on as thought partners um, or give us insights um, in their expertise as well. Um, because it's, I think just overall, having internal and external perspectives work together succinctly is gonna benefit you at the end of the day. Um, so we do use Shaker, as we mentioned, as a recruit marketing agency, um, and they help us manage our, our larger relationships like LinkedIn and Glassdoor and Indeed, um, as well as some of the other tools and vendors, um, which, I mean, it has worked out because I, I think there's a lot of times too where it's, the, your, your vendors are so large, they can't always give you all the information and, and the roadmap and the heads up, but sometimes having that thought partner like a shaker or like any other kind of um, external agency is gonna be helpful. Yeah, I've, I value that same thing. And sometimes if you're not careful, you can kind of get caught within your own echo chamber and not be able to understand, you know, what's going on out in the ecosystem and the, and, the, and, and you actually make bad strategy decisions without it, you know, and I, I think that's a, that's a real thing. So I guess uh, 2022 is about getting, you know, kind of scaling and, you know, kind of uh, connecting the dots, you know, looking out a little bit further. What, what, what excites you most about talent acquisition in healthcare? I mean, you've been in it for seven years, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're heavily, heavily invested in this, um, you know, career path, heavily invested. Uh, you know, I know, um, you know, you said, uh, you know, with BJC and, and uh, just in the community there, what, what's most exciting to you about the industry that we're in right now? I mean, healthcare is just, it's, it's, it's so easy to get tied up into the impact that we make on the community overall, mm -hmm. right? Um, so like from a personal perspective, I work for BJC, but then uh, my daughter is also a patient of BJC, right? And mm -hmm. so um, is doing well, but was recently diagnosed with cancer. Um, and so I spend a lot of time at the hospitals with different staff, whether it be respiratory therapy or the nurses or the doctors or whoever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not as grandiose as, as like I'm helping them, but in a way I am. If I can find them the right staff to make sure that they are taking care of my daughter and then, you know, other families that are in our scenario, then that's really, really exciting. I mean, doing something for an organization that supports people at their best and at their worst and at the end of the day wants to make sure the the community is as is, is, is healthy as is possible is like what is exciting no matter what we do mm -hmm. um, because we are truly impacting what people do and how they feel wow man I think that might be a uh, a good spot to, to uh, land this uh, here today I um, it made me think about uh, some recruiter-led training that I did way back in the day and, um, you know, kind of onboarding new recruiters. And I'd always, uh, you know, talking about like interviewing and screening and, and you know, what have you. And it's kind of always that question of, 
you know, hey, um, you know, when, when you're evaluating that talent that's in front of you, kind of asking that fundamental question, is that somebody that we, you would want caring for your family member, your daughter in your scenario, you know, your wife, whatever, and, um, you know, really owning that um, level of responsibility. Um, you know, I will always talk to folks about how you know, we can do all of the nice, shiny, fun things, but if we don't do the basics right, um, you know, ensuring that, you know, we have these background check processes, ensuring that all of the T's are crossed and, and I's are dotted, you know, you, you've got a very vulnerable um, population that's in front of you, that, that you're the front line, you're the defense mechanism um, to allowing people that maybe shouldn't be in these organizations in. And, and so um, I love that, man. I, I think that's a, a, a great spot to end. So. All right, man. Well, hey, we appreciate your time today. So if I um, want to, uh, if somebody wants to know more about Sean or connect with Sean or know more about BJC careers or know, see some of the fun things that you all are doing, where, where do we find that? Where do we see that at? Yeah. So let's see our, uh, I mean, obviously reach out to me directly. Um, but really we, we've, uh, with some of our pretty robust strategies we're driving everything to a landing page that's bjcopportunity.org um, it's a quick snapshot of uh you know who we are as an organization what we have to offer and then is a good segue into anything and everything you're wondering about from a bjc careers perspective awesome man well i hey, really appreciate you today and um you know keep on man you're doing a great job and, and certainly leading the herd here for us so we appreciate you yeah thank you for the time absolutely all right, we want to thank you for listening to TA in the Trenches. We are produced by Iron Mike and his team at Ironbound Media. Keep up the great work, team. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and check out all of our episodes at knacker.com. That's N-A-H-C-R.com. You also can find me out on LinkedIn where you'll find quick show riffs. Feel free to ping me. I always respond. Bye for now. <laughs>